We broke down the Bengals' first two draft picks from a film perspective on Thursday. Let's continue that conversation with Mike Santagata and look at rounds three through six, whether it's Chase Brown in round five, Charlie Jones round four, Jordan Battle, which I think was the most surprising pick in the moment in the draft. We get into it right now on Locked on Bengals. You are Locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. No Jake Lisko today, but we'll continue our conversation with Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. Mike Santagata is here to talk about rounds three through six, talk about some offensive weapons. My favorite. Thank you so much for making us your first listen here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. And just a heads up, Jake Lisko will be back, and we already have some shows in the works, whether it's the Bengals Ring of Honor, which I think there's a pretty good debate there that uh, that we could potentially have, and I don't know Jake's thoughts on it yet, but 13 nominees, all of which, in my eyes, should be in the Ring of Honor. It's just a matter of when, not if. So we will do that in the coming days, but let's dive into it, part two of our conversation with Mike Santagata. And we start with 95th overall pick, Bengals third rounder, Jordan Battle, the safety out of Alabama. And like I said, this was a surprising selection in the moment. And I started off by asking Mike, what stood out about Battle when he popped on the film? I think what stands out for me, because I watched him so late. I didn't watch him before he was taken. (laughs) I think that's the biggest. So I already had all these thoughts in my mind when I turned on the film. It's like he moves better than I thought he would because I kept hearing all these comparisons to big bruisers and guys that, you know, were probably a little bit more box guys, maybe a Von Bell who can move a little bit. But when I put the film on, he's just so confident and knows exactly what he's doing and smart that mm-hmm. he moves. And it's like Jesse Basin tests like a freak. He tested like a good athlete, but he played a bit like a freak from moving sideline to sideline because he was so confident in what he's seeing and reading battles kind of the same way where he might not be a 4-4 type speed, but he moves like that on the field because of you know his confidence. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what the offense is trying to do. He knows what his role in the defense is. I think that's the first thing that really stood out because I was expecting him not to move that well. So I could even feasibly see him as a guy that you could stick on a tight end, which I wasn't sure when I was going into that because that's not even, to me, that's not, that's not a strength of Von Bell's game. And that was a common comparison was Von Bell because of the Bengals and everything. But when I was looking at it, I was like, I actually think I feel a little bit better about him trying to match up with one of these tight ends than I did uh, Bell. I think both can take on blocks a little bit. Battle wasn't really asked to at Alabama. They played their, their safeties deep most of the time. But in the snaps he showed in the box, I thought were promising for what he could be if you want to move him there. He's kind of very versatile. And uh, it was just a little bit different than I was expecting. I was expecting big hitting, bruising. He is a huge hitter, (laughs) but, you know, big hitting, bruising, you know, a little bit slower, um, maybe a smart guy, but super smart and moves well. Are you surprised he was available at pick 95, given everything you've seen now? Like, obviously, safeties weren't really on our radar that early, and we just didn't really expect them to take one. And he was by far. I'm told the the best player on their board by like a lot, a wide margin. There was no one really close 
uh, when they were on the clock at 92 or 95 for what it's worth. And so I get it. I understand the pick, but were you surprised he's there? Uh, he was there knowing what you know now and watching him. Yeah, I think I would have given him a similar grade to what I gave uh, Jonathan Mingo, where I watched both guys and I just kind of went, well, that's a longtime starter in the NFL. Mm. Um, so Mingo, they didn't get, he went to Carolina pretty early, earlier than I thought. When I watched Mingo, he was supposed to be like a fifth round pick. I was like, what are we doing guys? Um, this one similar. I, I was, I watched him. I think 92 made sense. Probably would have given him middle of the third, maybe early third type of grade. I didn't go back and grade for the 2023 draft sheet. Not that anybody's really going to go through that now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I think middle of the third, because even though I say he moves well, I more so mean he moves better than I expected. I don't think he has Jesse Bates level movement. Ability. I don't think he has movement ability that's going to make him a guy that you think could become a first team all pro and like a star safety. I think he's more so a long time starting safety and he's going to be a guy that wears a lot of hats for the defense and maximizes other players, which is how I came up to uh, the Patriots comparison I went with, which was uh, Patrick Chung, a kind of unsung hero of that 2010s Patriots defense. That was really good. But if you weren't really a Patriots fan or a, a football junkie, you don't really know who that is. It's just, he did everything else to make the other guys better. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. And as you know, I'm a big Brady guy, so I'm familiar with Patrick Chung. And so that uh, that makes sense to me. Sign me up for that all day long. I I, I think uh, everything I hear about this kid, it's, it's all Ray reviews, talked to him, interviewed him. And he was – one thing, he was bigger than I thought, yeah. like lower body, thicker. And so what I like is, is that you're talking about his movement. Because now he's got size that I didn't anticipate, even just looking at him. And then movement-wise, if he's still moving well, I think that's a good thing. What concerned you about him, about Jordan Battle, that, that you look at and you're like, ah, he needs to work on, on this area or in certain areas? What, what's the, the biggest things he needs to, to put a, um, improve on, I guess, this offseason and, and as he continues his NFL career? Yeah, a few things would be the ceiling is a little bit wor not worrisome in the third round. But I think that's why you don't see him as a second, first round. And then the other thing for me was Alabama plays such a college defense. And I know that sounds a little bit weird, but they play coverages that, um, you know, you don't really see much in the NFL. Some teams will kind of run them, but the reason they get away with them so much is because in college, there's no illegal contact. Five yards doesn't matter. You can still hit guys. And that's what they do is they reroute guys at 10 yards and pass them off. And it's called man match zone match. They do a lot of that compared to true zone and man. I think that's a little bit of a learning curve is just, okay, you were really good knowing your rules, knowing this guy's going to break, reading route distributions. But the Bengals are going to ask him to do a lot is to read the quarterback's eyes and his intentions when he's in zone and to just read the receiver in man. Because he was kind of reading the route distribution. And if num if the most inside guy goes inside, goes quick underneath, then I'm on number two, which is the next inside guy or uh, that type of stuff. And the Bengals don't do so much of that. So I think the college transition, which is something I didn't talk about DJ Turner, which is true for him is that Michigan plays a, almost a little bit of an NFL style defense with third zones. I think he could take a second to pick up NFL coverages because he was in such a college defense for they're not probably, they're probably not going to run so, a lot of that at Cincinnati. 
Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. If you're looking for a healthy snack that is going to taste great, well, look no farther than Built Bar. Whether you're trying to get a protein punch post-workout, maybe you just want a healthy snack in between meetings, the number one protein bar on the planet, Built Bar, is for you because it's covered in 100% real dark chocolate, high protein, low sugar, low calories, and amazing flavors. You don't have to sacrifice taste for health. And Built Bar covers both bases. They have a variety of flavors, certain that you're going to find one that you love, maybe multiple like me that you love. So check them out today at Built.com where they have limited edition flavors and so many for you or in person at your local Sam's Club or Walmart retailers. Again, Sam's Club, Walmart, or Built.com. It's Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. There's not many concerns there, right? You, I, it sounds like you think he, he fits in. How do you see him fitting in with this? And, and I don't think any, I don't even think Luana Rumo really knows like exactly how it's going to work, but how do you see him fitting in in that safety room this year? I see him, I think there is some hype that he could steal a job. I yeah. think he's going to be the third guy. But I'm higher on Nick Scott because I think Nick Scott's a solid starting safety. And uh, he showed that in the playoffs, which is against some of the toughest offenses, including the Bengals offense. He did a good job in that game. So I th- I'm higher on Nick Scott than some people are. I don't think this is a thing on battle. I think it's just we took the best player available. We don't have a perfect fit for him year one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to try a ton of three safety stuff because I thought they're going to do that with Dax Hill. But the question does become, who are you taking off the field? We're talking about Murphy playing all these snaps on third down. So you're probably not going to take a defensive lineman off the field. They just paid Pratt, and they're probably not taking Wilson off the field and probably not taking Mike Hilton off the field. you got to take one of those guys off the field to get him on the field for the three-safety set. Like the three-safety set sounds We're going to so play great. 12. We're gonna yeah, play we're going to play 12. We're going to play Canadian. 12 personnel. 12 person. <laughs> 12-person football on each side so that we can get battle. But it's just those three safety sets sound awesome. I love the idea. It's just when I think about the actual implementation, it's who is coming off of the field for that. I still think they'll do it sometimes, but it'll be a little bit more game plan. I think where he could make a lot of impact is actually, which I mentioned I think is a little bit better on tight ends than I expected, is if he could steal the Trey Flowers job. Because he's big, and he could take those tight end blocks. Like – Against the Bills, could you just have him follow Kincaid or Knox in mm-hmm. some of the, on third downs and even early downs? If they try to block with those guys, I think he's, I think he'll shed those blocks and take them on well. I don't really think Kincaid can block very much, and Knox is a little bit better than I think than some people think as a blocker, but he's not uh, Kittle over there. So maybe that's where you see the implementation and. It would be with a lot of help. I'm not just going to say he's going to clamp up Travis Kelsey, but maybe he's the guy that's in man on Kelsey. And then you obviously have your jams and your other eyes on him because he's a guy you completely do the entire game plan for. But maybe he's the guy that starts on Travis Kelsey, jams him up, tries to get physical with him and stays with him early on in those reps on the probably a lot of double teams. So that could be his role is stealing a little bit of that Trey Flowers job uh, year one and then also some three safety nonsense that Lou Anarumo can come up with. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. And, and I, I, I do think this defense in general, there's so many pieces now that Lou can just really go mad scientist with. And, and this is just another guy that can do that. And, and we've talked a ton on the show about the secondary speed and athleticism. And while battle might not 
meet that tier when you look at like relative athletic score, the smarts and the movement that you mentioned, I like it. I like the idea of, of him being in the mix for sure and, and fitting in well. Let's go to uh, day three of the draft and start with my favorite pick because it's a weapon, baby. And I'm all about the weapons, Mike Santagata. You know that. I wanted weapons early. They didn't fall early. I get why they didn't take one in the first three rounds. But they get one in round four with a guy named Charlie Jones, a.k.a. Chuck Sizzle, a.k.a. Joe Burrow's best friend. Uh, am I too high on on Charlie Jones, because here's how I view him as a plug and play punt returner. And I, I think he's an instant upgrade at wide receiver four. And he's, he's going to be someone that might've already earned Joe Burrow's trust. Maybe I'm crazy. I just think he's going to be really reliable and be where you expect him to be. That said, what stood out when you watched the film on Purdue wide receiver, Charlie Jones, really smart, good hands, great hands, even, really good contested catch guy for being six feet tall. Mm-hmm. He dunked on DJ Turner once. He did yeah. back shoulder, back shoulder body control. That's a, a big thing with him. And with a lot of Bengals receivers, which I value more than I think the common person. And I think the Bengals do too. When you look at their guys is body control, contested catch and all this other stuff. Everybody talks about separation. It is not, it is kind of hard at times to create separation consistently because corners are really good, you know, and there's a lot of zone coverage. So what, what do I value a little bit more is the ability to not only high point the ball and come down with it in that situation, but contort the body. And, you know, you're contorting your upper body and making the catch with your top half and your bottom half is getting their feet in bounds or, you know, falling down to avoid contact or whatever else. It's almost like independently moving your upper and lower halves. And he could do that, which I don't think every receiver can do. So that's a cool thing to see. I think short area quickness is there. I think he's faster than some people are going to say that four, four speed is there. It's not an elite speed, but it's enough speed. Um, I think those are the main good things that stand out. The, but the concentration, the contested catch, the body control, those I think are huge and why I think they would value him quite a bit. You're, you're muted. Sorry about that. Before we get to the negatives and uh, see, that's the thing. I think Charlie Jones and Joe Burrow are going to be in sync, which I'm clearly not in sync right now. So I'm going to get in sync. <laughs> but before we get to the negatives, is he an upgrade at wide receiver four? Inside for sure. I do think Trent Irwin's pretty good on the outside, but I think people kind of pegged Trent Irwin as they were calling him like Edelman and stuff. And I don't think he's like Edelman. He's big. He doesn't. Irwin? No, I agree. He's like, yeah, he's like six foot, what, six, two, 200 something. I almost like if you're going to go for the, the, um, you know, (laughs) white person comparison, I think it's Eric Decker. If you're going to like, obviously go way over the top, you know, they're saying Edelman, but if you're going to go way over the top with, you know, your Trent Irwin guy, it's, it's a guy that plays outside and, can do that stuff because he can actually do a little bit. I maybe I'm just too high on Trent Irwin, but I think inside. Well, he's not Eric Deck. He's not Eric. He, Deck. No, absolutely not. That. But I'm saying if you if you're going if you're going crazy with the comparison, like people were saying Edelman, right? It's the wrong mold. <laughs> you need the big a- one. A- Eric Eric Decker would get open on on third and eight. <laughs> oh, well, I'm that's just saying. Like I that's... Think that's the difference, though. Is inside. I think go. that's why inside. If Boyd is out, I think Jones is the upgrade. On the outside, that's where Irwin was fine when he was filling in for Chase and coming up with 
you know, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown type games that that was him on the outside, making those back shoulder balls, you know, playing, you know, against press, doing that stuff. Trent Taylor was your backup slot and he was, Mm -hmm. and maybe you tried to fit Irwin in there or move chase inside, but when chase and Higgins are doubled and you need a guy on the inside to win, that is where Charlie Jones makes your upgrade, which was the chiefs game that happens. So Mm -hmm. yes, I think he is an upgrade at least he'll bring up bring up an upgrade overall as a wide receiver four. My only issue is on the outside, he's a little light. I know I think they said he played at one ninety, but and, and I, got, I thought that real quick. To, I hate to cut you off, but I, I thought that was really interesting. Is the fact that he cut weight to run the forty, but he plays fast. You just said it. He plays mm-hmm. fast, and so hopefully he can just put that weight back on because I, I think that'll help him versus playing at one seventy six. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that corners were able to uh, force him to the sideline quite a bit. You don't want to be within five yards of the sideline when you're running routes because it makes the throw really hard on the quarterback. And they were able to move him over there a bit, which I just think he needs to be stronger when he's going through his release and through the route if he's going to be on the outside. So that's my only thought and hesitation on saying instant upgrade completely at wide receiver four. He's going to be the outside backup and the inside backup. I think there needs to be a tiny bit of refinement on the outside to do that, but I think he's a really good slot guy with some plus speed. Yeah. I think, and I think that's what they needed. I mm-hmm. I really do. And it was a weird wide receiver class and they were able to get a guy that I, I think again, can be an instant contributor. Um, any other weaknesses? Is, th- is that the main thing that stands out to you? Anything else? Play strength and, uh, and, and, and weight size to a degree? Obviously, the age is a concern just because he's older, but we'll skip past it. It's your age. It's your it. age. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but the other concern I had, which I don't know how much a concern it is, I thought with the returnability, he would be a better yak guy. Is That just could have been me preconceived notion going in. But he doesn't, you know, do an, a, a ton of crazy after the catch type of moves and stuff to get all these extra yards. I think mm-hmm. that he's kind of a, he can make maybe one guy miss, but he, he's not a guy. I saw some people do the crazy Peter Warwick thing, but wasn't Warwick's whole thing. I wasn't really around for it, but Peter Warwick's whole thing was like after catch crazy movement, left, right, throw him a screen and let him yeah. run for 80 yards. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that. I, no, people just kind of say things. Okay. I went, I went with a fun one though, uh, similar to the 09 Magic. Steve Breston for the Cardinals oh. last 1,000 yeah. yard trio was okay. Preston, Bolden, yeah. Fitzgerald. And I think Fitzgerald. he steps in. He's a plus speed from a slot receiver with really good hands, and that's all I was thinking of with that. And I was trying to. Uh, give a comparison i don't know if anybody did because i don't know how many people have thought of steve breston in the past 10 years yeah no i that, it was a good one when, when you wrote it and um yeah we'll see nothing like peter work even as a punt returner it doesn't yeah. mean he's not a good punt returner he's a guy peter that works if you give him different he give him that runway it's a home run but okay. i don't think i don't think he's a guy that catches a ball makes five like jamar chase did on that one uh play against the chiefs make like four guys miss and run off to the end zone with you know, people surrounding him the entire time. I think he's more of a guy, if he gets an alley, he'll go and he can make angles wrong with his speed, but he's not going to, you know, juke the first guy, spin around the second guy, run through the third guy and find his way into the end zone. Let's skip Chase Brown just for a second. And I don't mean disrespect because I, I want to spend plenty of time on him, but just real quick, since we're on wide receiver, Andre Yosevash, 
I know you you didn't have there's just not as much Princeton film out there as there are on these other guys. What did you like? What didn't you like? Just give me your overall thoughts on the Bengals sixth rounder. Yeah, big ball of clay, which I think everybody said. But what I mean by that is just the size and the athleticism is enough there to make you excited for a sixth round pick. I thought you'd go higher because of that. Um, but small school. So when he's burning past guys, it showed up at the combine, all this movement ability. But when he's burning past, you know, Yale corners, does that translate? Um, who knows? But the fun idea for him is probably he's not going to, he's probably not going to do much this year. And you might protect him by keeping him on the active roster rather than the practice squad. Uh, but, you know, in three years, could it be something exciting where that size movement ability combination speed, can he come in and give you something there when Troy Walters, who I think has maybe been the best or one of the best wide receiver coaches. When you look Mm -hmm. back at how much Jamar Chase and T Higgins improved from college to the NFL and how much they've improved year over year, because they keep getting better and Trent Irwin, all these guys are able to step in. So can he, mold that ball of clay into a good receiver because the uh, the potential is there but it's hard to tell when you're playing in the ivy league like is that speed that you're seeing legit and it was at the combine but is it legit against nfl players and something they don't they probably they didn't do much in at against princeton was try to press and jam this guy because he's so mm-hmm. big and strong and fast so NFL guys are big, strong, and fast. So they they won't be as scared of, you know, jamming him. So he has to get used to that as well, physical brand of football. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think it's it's more of a project. Do you think he makes the team? I think he does because they don't want him to go to the practice squad with somebody else able to scoop him up. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I would agree with that. You don't – athlete, works hard, smart, all of those things, just needs a little refinement. Give him a little time. Hopefully he can uh, he can help them. And he's certainly an outside guy. You know what I would try him on? Because I agree, he, he might make the team. Put him on kick returns just to see. Yeah. Just to see. He's a freak athlete, so why not just see it? You think he could uh, be a gunner? You know, run down, make a tackle? He, he might. No, yeah. Oh, no, I mean return it, though. Yeah, I know, return the ball. Okay, because... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Charlie just... Jones, he did both, but I think he was more of a punt returner than a kick returner. And, and I just – how many times like long-term I don't think you're exposing Jones mm-hmm. when he's a starter all of the, that's when to he's probably... all of those things yes I think he'll still be your punt returner and I think that's it I, there's just no reason and, and Travion or, or Chris Evans they're both good at kickoff returning too it's just an idea I had with Yosavash even if it's a backup type role if he's going to be on the team you might as well try him out there uh in practice of course is what I'm saying anyways uh let's get to Chase Brown because running back was such a topic going into this draft and I look at Brown and I'm not the film dive in guy like you, but I think he is as good of a runner as some of the guys that went around or two ahead of him. And I get it, the workload, all of those things, but I'm pretty high on him as a runner. And he was asked to run the ball a heck of a lot at Illinois, 328 carries last year. What stood out when you watched him on film? Refined as a runner. Um, Patient, tempos his runs well, knows where to go. He's good vision. And the big one for me, and I think something that probably excited them, was if he got an alley, it was a home run. He has that speed 
And I was actually slightly disappointed in his 40. I know he blew up the combine with like a nine something RAS, but his 40 coming in at four, four something. I was like, nah, I think on film, he almost runs a four, three. Four, three I, I heard he ran sub four, four multiple times. Okay. That's what so, I saw. That's what I saw yeah. when I watched him. Cause I was yeah. like those safeties, those corners, they're not gaining ground when he's in, when he's got that runway and he's off. So if you're able to give him that runway, he could beat the safety to the edge and take it the whole way, a home run. I think that, can he be the same guy he was in college at the NFL level, you know, an every down runner? I don't know. You know, the workload's already there. And I think they might want a guy that can grind a little bit better, but can he be not just a change of pace, but you put him in there when you want to spark, you know, when, mm-hmm. when the offense is sputtering a little bit, you make the change and you're like, let's get our home run speed on the field and let's, you know, let him take a few cracks at this because if he's able to get the blocking and I think he'll read it correctly, set it up and then be gone. He's slow to the hole, fast through it. Just like coaches will tell all the time, you know, slow to the hole, fast through it. And that is him to a T and he did it from the gun and in those gap schemes. So I think that part translates as well. So you're not wondering about like, well, he was a zone runner. So how's it going to translate to what the Bengals like to do? He was doing what the Bengals like to do and he was running it really well. What concerns you? about him receiving wise pass blocking. Obviously that's a big uh, conversation point. How is he in those two areas are either one, one of those areas, a point of weakness. Do we know what, what's uh, what, what stands out about those two areas? I think he's a better receiver than he's gotten credit for. Okay. He uh, made a few catch. He made a catch along the sideline that I thought was really difficult. I didn't see him drop too many balls. I think he was a consistent receiver. They just didn't really throw to the running back too much. As a pass blocker, I mean, I remember taking heat for this. I don't think he steps in the NFL and is a good pass blocker. I think he processes everything really well. He has some really good, you know, like I see the linebacker looping around or going off this way. And I know a nickel's coming from the opposite side, full field reads and pickups. But what he lacks a little bit is just the technique as a pass blocker. And he'll get run over sometimes. He'll give up the inside sometimes and give up a hit or just something along those lines where you want to kind of sit down, run your feet and move these guys around similar to the, the pocket for the offensive line, use that as a running back and stonewall them ahead. And he kind of gives up that ground plays a little high sometimes and doesn't always use his hands either. Sometimes he just goes shoulder and tries to take a guy out, which that's one of the quickest ways to lose with the quick swim move right over top as they're coming down at you. So I think he needs refinement as a pass blocker. I think the potential's there. But he's probably not taking the Samaj P. Ryan role year one without um, some serious improvement as a technician in terms of pass blocking. That That's the part of this just running back room in general where I'm like, okay, Brown could do a lot of what Mixon did. <laughs> yeah. But unless Travion Williams is your P. Ryan, you still don't have your P. Ryan. Like that, I think that's the part Travion of this you... that's tough. It, 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 it might come down to it because I don't, unless they go out and get one of these guys that are out there, I think it has to be Travion, right? Yeah. It was on your show. I listened to Brian and he did drop the nugget of, I think he said something along the way, Travion's, you know, become a good pass blocker, but it took him years. And I was like, interesting because I've heard some people try to say he is the P Ryan replacement. I kind of rejected it for a while. 
I'm starting to accept it now <laughs> that I think yeah. he might be your pass blocker. And maybe that means you don't leave the back end to protect as much either. You're going to have mm -hmm. to at times just when they're giving you certain defenses or you need to work your way down the field rather than trying to just dink and dunk, you're going to want a running back that can pass protect. But maybe that is Travion now instead of uh, thinking it's going to be a rookie or I mean, if Zeke signs, that's his role, but it seems like there's no movement anywhere for Zeke. So that would be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it could be Travion. I don't think it'll be Chase Brown, but I think you might see a split between those two where maybe maybe Chase gets good enough that against teams that don't blitz much, you could put him out there. And if they do, he could pick it up. But if not, you know, he's, that's a lot of those running back routes are check, then release. And you're talking about a guy that can give you a little bit of spark, maybe a little explosive play if he gets a ball in the check down because he has that speed. I think it could make sense that they kind of split the P Ryan role depending on the opponent. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's going to be an interesting dynamic. If if the backfield is the way it is now, it's going to be different than last year. And the splits are going to be different. It's not going to be a one-two punch. I think it's going to be a trio and how that balances out, we'll see. But he is Mike Santagata. Make sure you check out part one if you missed part one where we looked at Miles Murphy and DJ Turner in depth. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. Check him out, allbengals.com. It's always game day in Cincinnati. And for Jake Lisko, who will be back, I promise, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.